Welcome back to the EverybodySuffers.com podcast. I'm Carl Brown. Everybody suffers, so how can I pray for you? And my hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation or so that you can share consolation with others. Today's episode is going to be the representation of a testimonial that we got. We got a testimonial from someone who wanted to share that, but she wanted to respect the privacy of her family. And so my wife is here. Amy is here. Say hello, Amy. Hello. She is going to be reading the testimonial that we got. And so this is not Amy's testimony, but we're also going to, we're going to call this, this person Linda. And I'm excited to share this with you because the testimonials that we get are, are real. And every testimonial that you can see on our website is, is a true testimony that we've received by text message, by email, some, some format. And they, it's the promises of our Blessed Mother that are coming through in this. And that's what's so exciting to share. So this podcast is sponsored by Our Lady of Kibeho. Kibeho, Rwanda was the site of the most recent major church-approved apparition of our Blessed Mother. She warned us of the Rwanda genocide of 1994, and she reintroduced the Seven Sorrows Rosary. Mary gave this warning more than 10 years before the genocide, which she confirmed by predicting the death and resurrection of three visionaries in Rwanda. And the warning she gave the people of Rwanda she specifically said it was not just for Rwanda, but a warning for the whole world. So what will you do now? Will you pray the rosary every day as she asked? It's less than 2% of your day. Or will you one day regret not having done enough to prevent what she warned us about? Also of note, the first seven episodes of this podcast are full recitations of seven separate Seven stars rosaries with different intentions and reflections. Okay, let's start with a prayer and ask for the Holy Spirit for guidance. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Lord, help me to say only what you want me to say, and make me forget whatever it is you don't want me to say, and open the ears of this audience so that they can hear what you want them to hear. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so once again, I'm going to be interviewing Linda, and my wife Amy is going to be reading the part of Linda. So, uh, Linda sent this in to us as, a, as an email. So, we're going to be reading and sharing with you what she sent to us. So, welcome Linda, and thanks for your willingness to share your testimony. I'm happy to do it. When you asked me to share my story, I had a Jonah moment. I knew what God wanted me to do, but I didn't necessarily want to do it. 
My life was messy. I wasn't sure I wanted to share it. Almost immediately, the Holy Spirit began working on me. In prayer, it came to me that most people's lives are a mess, which is exactly why God wanted me to share mine. I guess you could say that was the spark for me. All right, well, let's jump right in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I've been married for almost 30 years, and I have two beautiful children. Both my husband and I are cradle Catholics, and we raised our children accordingly. After our youngest began school is when I needed to fill the void and the emptiness in my life. That's when I attended a women's chirp weekend, and it was life-changing. Here I was in my 30s, praying the rosary for the first time, surrounded by women of faith of all ages, on different parts of God's path, but all heading in the same direction. This was the medicine that my soul needed. I delved deeper into my faith with a passion and vigor that I never had before. I started attending daily mass, monthly confession, and praying the rosary daily. While all this new excitement and zeal for my faith was just what I needed, it wasn't well received at home. My husband preferred the old me, opting for happy hours instead of holy hours. My priest told me to stay the course, live my faith well, and soon my family would follow. I persevered. A few years later, I went on a Marian pilgrimage, and I feel this is when the Blessed Mother, Vir the Blessed Virgin became my mother too. Prior to this, I had great love and respect for Mary, but I saw her as Jesus's mother, not my own. This trip changed that for me. I would say that this is when I experienced great graces. When great graces come, the devil is right there to attack, and he definitely did. The next 15 years are what I would call the Job era for me and my family. Both sets of our parents became ill around the same time, and my husband and I were their primary caretakers. Depression, dementia, heart disease, surgeries, cancer, and death would consume the next several years of our life. There was also a huge family feud that had divided many in our family to this day. All of this took a huge toll on us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. With each calamity, I ran toward God while my husband ran the other way. Our children chose to follow in his footsteps. This was a crushing and lonely time for me. I felt if I was doing God's will, things wouldn't have fallen in things would have fallen in place by now. Why was this happening? Where was God in this? Where was Mary? Wasn't I doing his will? I felt I was losing my family and they were losing their faith. The spiritual attacks were constant. I started to believe the lies the devil was telling me. You're a nag. You're not a good witness of God's love. If you were, your family would be converted by now. Again, my priest said to keep praying and weather the storm. He said, you need these experiences to build your faith and your faith to get you through these experiences. God was teaching me to trust in him. I wanted this conversion process to go quicker, 
The months had turned into years, and now the years into over a decade. I was growing impatient and felt our family needed a wake-up call. We got one, but it wasn't at all what I expected. Our phone rang one day, and we learned that our 23-year-old son had died in his sleep. There are no words for this type of pain. It was too much to bear. I was immediately united to the Blessed Virgin Mary and her suffering as she watched Jesus die on the cross. I knew I needed Mary's love, guidance, and example to move forward. God didn't remove her suffering or pain, but he did give her all the graces she needed to carry out his will. And I needed her to beg Jesus to do the same for me and my family. I knew she would prevail. The next morning I attended Mass and I could barely breathe. I never asked God why, but I did ask Him how. How am I going to get through this? During Mass, I found myself thanking God over and over for my son's life and begged Him to have mercy on his soul. When I received communion, there were two hosts that were stuck together. As soon as it hit my tongue, I felt a peace wash over me that I could never explain. I knew that God had my child, his child, and all would be well. Like with Mary, he didn't remove the crushing pain or weight of my cross, but I was given the grace to accept God's will, and I was filled with his consolation. It was an incredible gift, but it also came at a tremendous price. Two weeks had passed, and I received another phone call. My mother was diagnosed with cancer. Our cross just kept getting heavier and heavier, but this time I wasn't shaken. God's peace remained within me. I knew my mom was going to be okay. Mary had taught me how to surrender, so I trusted in God's will. It wasn't long after this that I received a Seven Sorrows Rosary in the mail. I had prayed the traditional rosary before with my prayer group, but I never had prayed the Seven Sorrows Rosary. I began praying on it. Of all the names and titles of the Blessed Virgin Mary, this was the one I mostly identified with, Our Lady of Sorrows. I felt Mary's pain more than ever, and I knew she understood mine. Mary is such a great source of hope for us to get through life. Our Lady of Sorrows shows us how to handle the hardships and sufferings of this life and follow God's will with perfect humility. Mary will keep you with all of your trials. Your heart just needs to be open with her. Well, that's amazing. Thank you, Linda. Thanks for sharing that. So that was in the past, and what are things like now for you? Well, it's been two and a half years, and my life has calmed down quite a bit. My mom is still in treatments, but surviving her cancer. After years of absence, my husband started going back to church. As for my daughter, her conversion is taking place with baby steps, but I trust that it will come full circle in God's time. How has Mary been a part of your life? How has she sustained you during all as for me, Mary has given me the graces to persevere in prayer and not worry about anything else along the way. 
I don't know where my life would be spiritually if I didn't have Our Lady to hold, protect, and guide me. She has been my life force, and she wants to be that all of, for all of God's children. Personally, she has fulfilled the promises that come with praying the Seven Sorrows Rosary. It's been said that God writes straight on crooked lines. In other words, our prayers might not always be answered the way we want. For me, I spent a good portion of my life trying to avoid pain, but it was through my sufferings, big and small, that I learned my most valuable lessons and became closer to Christ. Mary is the example to follow in our trials. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And at some point, you attended our Everybody Suffers conference. What was that like for you? I've been so fortunate to attend one of your conferences. I've bought the book, Something You Can Count On, and I bought extra copies to give friends. The exercises you walked us through really deepened my prayer life. It helped me clearly identify the virtue I needed to work on right now, and it really helped me see what sin looks like in my life. The graces have abounded. I really believe Mary led me to this conference, and if you're listening to this podcast, she is lighting your path as well. Carl has a gift and will bring you closer to Our Lady of Sorrows. Your life is about to change, and I promise you, it will be changed for the better. God bless you all. Thanks so much, Linda. And you know, as I, as I listened to your testimony, I was really struck by something, and, and it's something that I think is unique to the Seven Sorrows of Mary, and that is that the Seven Sorrows of Mary represent seasons of our life as Christians where after hearing the good news and becoming a Christian we hear the bad news and that is that we're still in a fallen world just like Mary heard the bad news from Simeon in the prophecy of Simeon and then we have to go out of our comfort zone if you will uh, because of the need for us to conform our life to Christ and then then we experience a time where we say where are you God just like Mary lost Jesus and listening to your testimony you had all of those those same phases in your walk with Christ and and I just think it's amazing so you had a a, a moment where you re, you realized it was going to be tough and then you the trip that you took was a Marian pilgrimage and then you even said where was God in all of this and then it seemed like you were going through a phase of walking to Calvary with Jesus. And then the the experience that Mary had of standing at the foot of the cross, it seems like the phase for you was when you lost your son. And then the moment that you experienced in communion was, uh, was like the spiritual union that Mary experiences in the seven sorrows. And I just share that with the rest of our listeners because this is going to be the pattern of your life as well. It's almost unavoidable. I've seen it so many times, and it's Mary is showing us what the path is going to be for us, and that means she's forged the way for us, and through her intercession, that journey can be easier for us. And so I think there's one last thing that you wanted to share, Linda. What was that? 
Yeah, on a side note, um, the chapel that I go to for adoration recently moved into a smaller chapel within the church. You can imagine my surprise when I realized that right behind the monstrance was seven large panels of Our Lady of Sorrows. Our Lady of Sorrows lets me know she's with me all the time. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Linda. And just like everyone else who has been to these conferences or has read the book, every um, something you can count on, or listens to this podcast, I and my wife, Amy, and our family offer up our Seven Sorrows Rosary every day for all of you. So, Linda, we're keeping you in our prayers, and we're keeping everyone who's listening in our prayers. Thanks for joining me in this podcast today. Who can you share this episode with? Who needs to hear it? And don't forget to tune in tomorrow because we're going to have another great episode in this podcast. I'm Carl Brown. This is the EverybodySuffers.com podcast. After all, everybody suffers. So how can I pray for you? You can email me your prayer requests at Carl at EverybodySuffers.com. And either way, I'm going to pray for you because my hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation or you can share consolation with others. Our Lady of Quebejo, pray for us. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. God bless you. Have a great day.